Welcome back to another episode of Doublers Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Paul, and I'm here today with trumpeter Atis Theodros, uh, trumpeter in New York City. Hey, Atis, thanks for joining us. Aaron, thank you so much for having me. It's it's really cool to be here on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's great to have you. I'm really excited to, to have a chat today. Um, cool, so diving right into the good stuff. I gave away where you are, and I make this joke every week. I'm so sorry for people who have heard this more than once. Um, but if you could share a little more about uh, where are you right now and a little bit of your journey, um, maybe where you, where you studied, uh, and a little more details of, of how you came to where you're at right now. Yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm originally from Orlando, Florida. Uh, been playing trumpet for I guess now we got to go back eighteen plus years to think about it, and um, it's it's crazy when you think about it. You know, just putting it in right. perspective. You don't do that as much as you think, but when you do it, it, it kind of makes you feel like wow, you've made it this far, and and it's, mm-hmm. it's a cool journey. Um, grew up there. Um, I ended up you know graduating from high school. Uh, and going to the University of Florida. Um, I actually majored in music education, so I had a music education degree from the University of Florida as well as certification to teach K-12 through in Florida. Uh, but from there, um, at the end of my time in undergrad, and you know, kind of going through the whole process, I kind of was saying to myself, I kind of want to keep playing trumpet. I want to do this in a more, you know, serious manner where I'm doing more of a performance type of thing. So yeah. started applying and, and ended up, you know, going to the Manhattan School of Music um, here in New York City, uh, where I'm located now. And I went in, in the orchestral performance program uh, for two years in the master's program. And then I spent an extra year there doing a professional studies certificate, kind of another year. Um, that's just, you know, it's kind of another additional year, kind of similar to the master's program, but, uh, right. Yeah. And then ever since then I've, you know, been here freelancing, working as well. And, uh, that's where we are now. We are now. Cool. That's awesome. So, so you've been out of school for maybe four or five years at this point. Um, so I, my professional study certificate ended in 2016 in May. So Mm. almost five years. Yeah. So almost five years. Time flies when you're having fun, right? I know. It's just it feels like yesterday. I can I can remember that time so vividly and it's yeah. just now all of a sudden 5 years is past. Right? It's crazy. It's crazy. Cool. Um so what are some of the gigs or or projects that you've been involved with in New York since since you've graduated? Um it's it's been such like a wide variety, you know. Uh, I I always tell people and and I get these questions kind of like that, especially from friends of mine or family that are outside of New York and, you know, Mm -hmm. they see this and, you know, we know New York to be this kind of cultural hub, this, this idea that the arts are all just melding together in New York city. And it really is that it's one of those things where, you know, I've played, you know, in many different like freelance orchestras and stuff like that, chambers, stuff like that, um, quintets and stuff like that. Um, I've grown to, to, to gain a lot of friendships through people that I've been in school with, through performances and gigs, people that were um, people I've always heard in the past and stuff like that, they would be people that I've seen around and stuff like that. And it's just mind-blowing to see, like, they're doing the same thing. They're trying to play. They're doing these things. And it's just like, wow, this is amazing. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. And there have been a couple of orchestras, too. I I like to highlight things like there's one orchestra um, that I played with that's really special to me. It's called Camerata Noturna. And I've played with them since I was in school, 
And it's um, mainly made up of people who used to play um, kind of some, a lot of people who used to go to conservatory, a lot of people who went to school and, and, and did the music thing. And then they went on and maybe did other things. They're in business, Mm. they're in medicine, they're doing other things. But something about when this group still comes together to this day, they have a really fun time and they're very serious about what they're doing in a, in a, in a cool way. That's, that's just, it just brings you up. It just kind of reinvigorates you every single time. So I just think that there's so much going on. And especially in the last five years, it's been really cool to see that and like, see how that experience has been being out of school, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, and really growing through these experiences. Yeah, that's awesome. That sounds like a really cool orchestra. I hadn't heard of that group before. What was the name again? Camerata Noturna. Um, They usually do a couple of concerts. I want to say two maybe in the fall and then two maybe in the springtime. Um, Mm -hmm. And they do, you know, some really cool rep. um, And that's a group that I always say because – it's a mix of people who have done music and mm-hmm. have also done other things and they find the passion in everything that they're doing so that they bring, you know, their love for what they're doing outside of music as well as what they're doing inside of music. And it becomes this, and it has become this kind of very strong familial atmosphere. Cool. And then that comes in through the music. And, and that's just something that I, I always tell people, I'm like, man, that, you know, they, they blow my mind and it's, inspiring for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it's interesting to play with a mix of people who, you know, are, are freelancing and they're pursuing professionally, uh, they're pursuing music professionally. And then people for whom they, they are very serious. They've achieved a high level of proficiency on their instrument, obviously through the schooling that they've had. Um, but for whom it's not an everyday thing. I'm sure that contributes to that atmosphere that you're talking about. Absolutely. And, you know, because when we, we all get into the grind and I feel like this goes for anybody in any field, you get so much into the grind that sometimes you lose sight personally of like, it's like, uh, it's like, what am I, what's going on? Why am I doing this? It's like, why have I become more of a jaded person about something that I know I love? You know, it's like, right. that's not what I'm trying to do. Right. You know, it's, and so I, I, I speak about them so much to some people because it just speaks to the love. And I always hearken back to remember how you felt when you used to play your instrument in high school and all these things where it was just the most exciting thing to just like, I just want to play. Right. And it's so finding those joys and stuff like that in anything we do, even if we're bouncing around and doing multiple things, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, you know, it's so valuable. Yeah, that that's awesome. It's true because when you're when you're in the grind and you're freelancing and it's you know you're constantly thinking about the next gig and and scheduling and all of these things, it can be really easy to lose sight of of the joy and remember you know what what made you choose this in the first place? <laughs> Why were you here in the first place? Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, I can't speak to that enough because we all deal with it, and I I, I know. I've spe- I've spoken to people that are musicians. I've spoken to people that aren't musicians that, mm-hmm. you know, um, my brother is someone who is not in the musical field. He was a clarinet player in the past. He's in the medical mm-hmm. field now. Um, but he talks about it from that perspective too, being on a different end of the spectrum. 
And I think it's so important um, to find that passion and always remember that because it's there. But from time to time, you like like we're talking about the grind, the daily grind, and, and we, right. we get it too. Like that's one of the things about you know the New York City freelance scene and just moving around, always hustling and bustling and getting getting from point A to point B and you know doing the thing. Right, trying to make it all work. Um, speaking of making things work, um, ha- what sort of projects have you been involved in over the last year um, since the landscape has changed so dramatically? Oh yeah, it's it's so interesting because I find it so cool for people to be using technology and using things like video recording, audio recording, and and such like that to create these things that are just really cool. And it, and it's a cool way because you get to just collaborate with anybody. You don't have to just yeah. be with New York City musicians or wherever you are. You can say, "Hey, I'm gonna t- talk to my friends that are people that you know we." may have played together, we have done stuff together or whatever, or we may not have. And I just think this would be a great group of people to do these things with. And I'm going to create something. Um, I've definitely done a, a couple of things, uh, video recording things where we did some music stuff and playing and some friends would arrange something and we would do something, which is really cool. Um, seen a lot of really cool, fun projects. Um, done a couple of things, um, talking to people. Um, I did a teaching thing once, which was pretty cool in the last year, uh, talking to some students kind of about this experience being here. And then also just about their experience. Um, they were younger students, Yeah. but, um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. And I, as a voyeur, I love seeing when friends and other people create things just like, I'm just out there and I see these like incredible projects that are just like one, the musicianship is at such a high level. And then two, you've learned how to do the video editing. You've learned how to do the audio editing and not just at a level to where I'm just going to kind of slap this together, but (laughs) at a point where it's like, this is an amazing product and so many people are doing it. And it's just, I think it's cool. And I hope it doesn't stop. I hope it, you know, keeps going and, and, and people are invigorated by that. And I think part, you know, talking about it more will, will, show the value in it. Yeah. It has been amazing to watch, um, to watch folks gain a lot of these skills. Like you're talking about the video editing, the recording. Um, so many people are so much more familiar with those things and, and able to do it on their own. It's been really amazing to watch. I mean, I, I know I've gotten much better at recording myself at taking video of, of when I'm playing. Um, that sort of thing. And, and recordings don't lie. It's a great way to keep yourself honest too, <laughs> because as you're, so you know, true. as you're freelancing <laughs> and not necessarily, you know, spending a ton of time just like in serious practice mode, um, sometimes that could start to fall by the wayside. And then you're like, Oh, wait a minute. Okay. All right. Let's be honest with ourselves here. Yeah. It's one of those things where, and you brought up a good point where that definitely happened more often too, where I was just like, okay, let me take the time to video audio record myself more. That was always something I was really guilty of. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, uh, you don't listen back to yourself enough. It's like, you're listening to what you hear, but you're not really taking the time to remove yourself and say, I'm going to record myself and then listen, you know, and then try and say, okay, how can I productively figure out what to do from here? Rather than just saying, oh, I got to put, I got to put my trumpet back in my case. It's just, I just, I can't do this. I'm going to, it's like, I'm, I'm running in circles. I can't do it. I can't do it. 
And then you don't really have a constructive way of being like, okay, take a second. Let's just figure it out. And then we're going to do this little things like that. And like we're talking about the time allowed us to to take a beat, take a second and say, okay, let's, let's, let's figure that. And I know, figure that out. And I know that that's how I felt, um, about the time, especially when, um, the pandemic first began, mm-hmm. it was one of those things where, okay, let's take a step back and it, it, it nurtured something more. And, uh, I hope that continues. That's the, that's the thing to take from it. Yeah. Having that, having a little bit more space to, to remember how you got here and why, why you started doing it in the first place. Yeah. That's definitely a oh, yeah. silver lining yeah. for sure. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about your, your doubling life and what you're up to outside of, of outside of performance. And it sounds like you do a little teaching as well. Yeah. I mean, so the teaching stuff kind of comes um, here and there in terms mm-hmm. of just uh, meaning, cause I have friends who are teachers all over, um, especially being in my background, being in music education too, yeah. it's something that I definitely have had a passion for working with students and stuff like that is, is, is one of the most rewarding things you could do. Um, and then also, um, besides that, in terms of other things I do, it's like, I also work at a brass repair shop. That is something that is something that I have done, um, for a while. I did that starting a little bit while I was in school, Mm -hmm. uh, apprenticing and then moving on till now. And that's been a whirlwind of an experience in so many positive ways that is amazing because at this point it's something that has helped me during this time, um, do something, feel productive in the musical field while also having me, giving me the chance to interact with my friends on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, and I know how invaluable that is right now. It's something that, you know, that connection with people is, is something that we all need. And I'm so thankful for it. Yeah. I'm a little jealous that you get to interact with humans at work. (laughs) That sounds fun. You know, it's like, I don't want to always just, it's like, yeah, I get to see everybody all the time. It's like, you know, okay. I, I understand what now is. It's so tough because I feel so thankful because, Mm -hmm. um, I'm thankful to Josh because Josh has kept us there He's cultivated that environment where we all feel like, you know, it's, it's a homey environment. Mm -hmm. Um, So seeing them, it's just, it's, it's cool because again, times are different right now. And and I understand that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So can you describe a little bit more about the process of how you got involved? I know you mentioned an apprenticeship. Um, How did you first get in touch um, with Josh? So uh, the place that you work is Jay Landris Brass, and that's the Josh that we're referring to for anyone who's not sure. Um, what was that? What was that process like for you? Yeah. So yeah, again, Josh Landris, Jay Landris Brass is the shop that I work at. I moved here in 2013. Um, and that was my first year of my master's, as I uh, talked about before. I first came to the shop and I was, um, I was in the orchestral performance program at Manhattan School of Music mm-hmm. with uh, one of my close friends, Matt Gazarowski. He was the other trumpet player in the program at the time. He was in his last year. He was working uh, for Josh at the time. And, you know, we became friends and stuff like that. And as that happened, I, you know, was like, I got to visit the shop. I want to kind of go see the shop and stuff like that. And I needed to get servicing done on um, my horns 
And once I went there, kind of got a, you know, got around and got to meet Josh and, and Jesus, who was the other person working there at the time, who was also a trombone player, jazz trombone player at uh, MSM at the time. Nice. And kind of became friendly with all of them uh, pretty quickly and started hanging around the shop quite a bit and just, you know, being around the guys from time to time. As anybody who has been to Jay Langer's Breast knows, in pre-COVID times, you know, right. people kind of come in and out. And it's just, it's, it can be a hang as much as it can be like, you know, Hey, I need to get this fixed and the formalities that come behind a brass shop. Right. Um, <laughs> so with that, I didn't really think about the idea of being there until about the end of maybe around middle end of my master's degree. So that second year, mm-hmm. um, and I kind of gauged how that would, you know, would happen and stuff like that. And I just kind of was around and nothing kind of came to fruition quite at first until I remember at the end of my master's degree was when they were in the process of a move within their building at the time. So they were on the fifth floor. Uh, They were moving to the third floor. And I remember, you know, just at one point I said, I would like to help. I would like to help. If you need any help, just let me know and I'll Anytime I have, I, I would love to do that. And yeah. just wanted to say, it's like, oh, I'll, I'll be around. You know, if you need anything, I'll be around. And so that spring, I kind of just would come in, help move and help, you know, do that stuff and help try to do as much as I could for the time that I had. Because, you know, obviously right. I, I was still in school, I was still doing other stuff right. that, that I had to make sure I was still doing. And after that, I remember it was kind of the end of the year. I knew I was coming back to Manhattan school for another certificate. Mm-hmm. And Josh had offered to say, Hey, when you come back, let me know. And you know, you can start, if you'd like, you can start apprenticing. Oh, wow. Kind of come in, we can come up with a schedule to say, you know, kind of teach you a few things here and there. And it'll just be, you know, you're just coming in on your own time. And I was just like, great, totally fine. I will, you know, put the time in. And I remember it's, it's, it's been a while, but I remember (laughs) it being, I think it was two days for a week for a couple of hours where I would come from maybe I was at MSM or whatever. Right. And I would just come in, start learning things, basic things, doing cleaning stuff, right. doing minor stuff here and there, just kind of facilitating being, you know, helping out when I can, mm-hmm. doing learning, watching and stuff like that. And then Josh would have a hands-on approach in terms of just saying – you know, doing things a certain way, as well as the other guys that were there, you know, Josh, Kevin, Jesus, Matt, and stuff like that. Yeah. We're, we're all working and, and in the midst of doing what they're doing. And so I was just kind of learning, trying to, you know, learn a lot of things because I also, I came into there with such a lack of knowledge about so many things, even things yeah. that maybe I should have already known about right. my own trumpet stuff. Right. The technicalities of mouthpiece stuff, uh, all these things that would happen. And I was just like, you know, if it, if I can put it in and it feels good, it sounds good. All right, cool. That's gotta be Uh, right. I know. So it's like, if, ah, it doesn't sound quite right. All right. Maybe try this one, this one, this one. Ah, this is the best one. It's like, cool. That sounds good. Right. And there's so much more to it, which is, you know, there are pros and cons to it because you don't want to fall too far down the rabbit hole. Right. Right. So that's, and that's something that just always is happening as you learn more. But so that was happening for about, uh, you know, that, that school year Mm -hmm. until I was done in about April, May. 
graduated yeah. in May. And then Josh said, you know, if you'd like, I'd, you know, I'd like to have you. And ever since then, it's been a journey because I've been there since. That's and, awesome. And to this day, still learning more, still things that, you know, trying to get better at. Um, definitely found my pocket, my niche, my, my like, this is what I do. Mm -hmm. Um, as everyone there has. And that's the thing that, um, I think when you come in and people who have been around that, that, that place a lot understand that they, you know, certain people do certain things and we as a team, we know that too. So it kind of helps things work so much more efficiently too. And and we enjoy that. Um, everyone has found things. And and if you talk to someone, it's usually something that they, something that they really enjoy about that. Like I do this and it's like, I love doing this. Right. And I, yeah, so you you were able to find like your favorite. So what is your what is your niche? What's your what's your thing? Well, so for me, it's like it's funny that I mentioned cleaning being the first thing. So I yeah, it, it's it's so funny to, to have the the two sides of being able to see as a player and then see as a technician. Yeah, and I pretty much I clean most of the instruments there. So when they come in cleanings, I like you know it's like a lot of QC stuff. Mm-hmm. But and it and it ties into kind of me personally because it's just like you know I I like to keep things kind of neat. Maybe it just worked out that way. Um, but yeah, so a lot of the cleaning stuff like that, do some you know and then soldering, dent work, and stuff like that. But pretty much anything like that, that was something that I was always just like, I'm down to just kind of keep doing these things, you know, polishing all these kinds of things, you know, that are like make something look because I I always say that I'm looking at it from the perspective of all those times that I opened my case mm-hmm. and I saw what it looked like after it got a certain service. It's like, I'm looking at it from a perspective of like, I want it to work a certain way. I want it to look a certain way, you know, because there's a lot of intricate details between that point, yeah. between those points. And then, you know, obviously some things are as simple as like, okay, we just got to clean it and then we're good or whatever. Some are like, you know, we got to do an overhaul or we got to do a lot of stuff because that's the sh- the shop there. We do a lot of these things and it's, right. it's cool and it is a lot of work. And then we obviously delegate and say, all right, you know, we'll try and say, how about you do this while I do this? And then you do this while I do this. And then it kind of, <laughs> you know, becomes something, it becomes something that like everyone had a hand in and it's so cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the days kind of flow in a certain way that, that everyone has like the ideas there of what they do, what we're, trying to do together. And then obviously we always have audibles. We have to do certain things, right? Especially in the pre COVID times where musicians will come in and something has happened or they'll, a message will come in. I need this fixed because I have, you know, a certain show that's playing at X time and I can't, and I, I just need something. And it's just like, okay, well we can't, it's like, we're not just going to. Yeah. So we, we try and make, everything work for everybody. Yeah. 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 I'm sure you've seen some, I'm sure you've seen some stories being there as long as you have. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing, but it's just, you know, think about it. Everyone's playing everyone's day in, day out, you know, in, in, in normal circumstances, right. Of course, always doing things, always doing things that are just, you know, people will be playing eight shows a week. They'll be playing every night. They might be playing in the middle of the day. They might be doing these things. And then obviously all the other things that you might be doing, teaching and your students and all these things yeah. you might bring students in. And, and, and so 
I, I'm thankful for the uh, uh, the amount of people that have been so supportive to the shop um, and and to everyone there because everyone feels it and feels the love. And I am thankful to have that now as well as in any other time where I'm just playing. And again, uh, another thing I want to point out is I have the freedom to do these things that I want to do. Yeah. Like, you know, playing gigs, um, auditions, you know, whenever that happens or anything like that. If I need to do something and I want to do something – that's never because we we work as a team. We mm-hmm. always make it work, and I'm I am thankful for that because that's hard to come by too. Yeah, that is that can be very hard to come by. Um, yeah, I, that is such a cool. I'm sure in the not only have you had stories, but I'm sure you're also just you're just meeting people all day and people who are in in the field. I'm sure that you've made connections and and relationships that have also benefited your playing career. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's funny. It's there's so many people that will be around and they'll know you. I'll know them, you know. Yeah. And it's just like I don't want to I'm not going to outwardly say it, but I'll just be like I listen to you or I know you. Right. And it's like and then I it's like now it's like you just come in and out and it's just like, "Oh, hey, what's up?" you know. It's just a very personal, very nice relationship. And it's just mind-boggling to just see how life has gotten to that point. Because right. they're just, and, and they're doing it the same way we're all doing it in a sense that it's just like, I'm here to just figure it out like everyone else. I'm trying to, maybe I'm trying to figure out my trumpet or my mouthpiece, or I'm just trying to get it fixed or something like that. And it's just like, they're just, you know, we're all in it together. We're all just, especially here. It's so saturated, oh, yeah. but it's, it's, it's a family, you know, everyone's here doing it. Yeah. And having the support of, and, you know, fostering relationships in the community and having the support of others is so important. Um, and so it's really cool that your, you know, that your side thing is also fostering those same relationships that, um, translate across to your, to your playing interests. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the fact that they're so aligned in that regard. It's again, thankful for it. Um, so as far as, um, going forward, I mean, obviously the landscape has changed quite a bit and no one, no one knows what's going to happen. Um, but where, how, where do you see yourself going forward since you're, um, sort of at a earlier point in, in your career? Do you have any long-term goals that you're working towards? Yeah. I mean, right now, because, you know, it's, it's still, like you said, it's like, I still consider it to be very early mm-hmm. and it's in that, that, you know, early stage of what it could be. Um, I don't, I think it's important not to, to rush yourself. So I see, you know, allowing things to, to hopefully, uh, get to a a sense of new normalcy where we can see more performances, we can see more opportunities. And, and I, I hope more people can be there and I hope we can see opportunities for musicians and stuff like that in a, in a bigger, in a greater scale than even before, maybe. Yeah. Because of the new ways we do things. Um, so I see the idea of, of being here and I love the idea of, of, of working and doing this job and, and playing and, and pursuing these things. Um, freelance careers, auditions. That's something I've, I've been doing, you know, outside of the, the COVID times. I know I keep right. saying that, but it's just like, yeah. I feel like that's like a, it's just a, a prerequisite we keep, we have to keep making, you know, just like put on. Top. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, so those are things that, my focus and my the ideas of what I want haven't changed. Yeah. Um, because I, it's like you, 
in, and this is where it comes from the joy of what you do. You always know it's like the ebbs and flows of my being of how I feel are still tied to the things I'm doing right. Which means it's like, okay, that means you really care about what you're doing. Right. It's like, you know, you want to stay focused, but it's, and it's just like, I know there's something that's, you know, there that intrinsically is telling me it's just, okay, I want to keep playing. I want to keep doing my job. I kind of want, it's like, I want to see where this goes. So I'm, I'm thankful for being again in the position I'm in working in the shop and being around those people. Yeah. And then I look forward to the day that we all can say, wow, okay. Because I, I feel like people will come back and people will want yeah. to experience these things in, in, in a way that maybe we took for granted before. There's a lot of truth in that, taking it for granted. I know that's been part of my journey over the last year is realizing just how much I took for granted. <laughs> so, yeah, I think there's a lot of truth in that. I think that's so true. I just think that um, there's a lot of introspection that can be that probably has been done and can be done moving forward about because I tell people hearkening back to the beginning of this. It was at a point where, at least for myself, I was just like, oh, okay, a pause, taking a second. That's not a bad thing. It's like I'm all good with this (laughs) because it just feels like everything's moving quickly. You know, you're bouncing around. You're doing X, Y, Z. You're just like, okay, I'm going to go to here. I have to do this. And then to get to this, I got to do this. And then before that, I got to do this. And it, you know, the grind is the grind. And it always be, yeah. will be that. But taking it all in, t- not taking it for granted, um, being able to say I'm flexible and I'm going to be understanding and I'm going to be kinder to myself in regards to how I feel and what I'm doing, um, I think that'll go a long way to removing that sense of just like, okay, all right, uh, let's do this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Getting so into the, into the grind of it that you've forgotten. Yeah. 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 That's so cool. And so it sounds like, um, it sounds like the balance between those two outlets for you, you know, both performing and working at the shop, um, it sounds like that balance really works for, for doing the things that you care about. It really does because I feel like when I'm in each, each situation and I would never want to f- make it any other way, I feel like I'm giving what I can and everything I can to each. Yeah. You know, when I'm in the shop, especially because I see the people I'm around every day and I see the, 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 the things that I'm trying to take care of, the horns, the things like that. And I know that the people there that I work with that are my friends all feel the same way. You have a personal, strong, vested interest in everything we're doing. Yeah. Because it's just innately within. It's like, I want to do this right. Mm-hmm. I just want to make it right. You know, it's like, I'm not trying to shortchange anything. And that in itself is such a cool thing to be a part of. And that motivates you. And I know for me, it's like it it makes me want to try and translate that. And I think that when finding something that can be something that helps you balance, for example, as a musician, balancing it with something else. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's so helpful to find something that's saying, how can this help bring greater qualities in what I'm doing musically too? I'm thankful because I'm doing something that's also musical. 
Right. But even if I wasn't and I was doing something else, I would hope that I could find something in that same regard. I'm thankful with the shop for doing that for me. Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, as an artist yourself, and like you mentioned before, you know that feeling of opening up the case and seeing things just the way you want them. I'm sure that translates uh, so personally into, into your work as it sounds like you are the, you are the finisher. You're the one who's putting the finishing touches on a lot of things. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so funny because I have literally heard that word used in regards to, to, to giving me something at work or having yeah. me do something. The finisher. That's <laughs> very funny. That's funny. Yeah. Well, you're the detail person. That's the person that needs to be the last person who sees it, says, okay, all the details are where they go. You always you want know, the, uh, the neat person. Especially, yeah, yeah. Especially with um, with French horns, because that can sometimes be, you know, making sure it's like it looks right, you know, the raw brass horns, all these things. I'm always just like, I got to make sure, you know, it's just like, you know, and it's you on that end of the spectrum. And I see it because having being on both ends, being a performer mm-hmm. and and not having done this before to coming on to that side and, and doing this all the time and being a technician. Yeah. You feel like it's like, man, it's like I'm focusing on this minutia, I'm being really, you know, nitpicky. And it it pays off because it's not necessarily that everyone's going to see what you see, but if you're so myth- meticulous about what you're doing, it's going to resonate even more than if you just assumed, ah, oh, this is good. This is okay, I guess, you know. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, as someone with a raw brass French horn who has gotten it cleaned at Jay Landris, I can say I got it back and I was very happy when I opened the case. <laughs> so I just yeah, and I and you know, this this the stress is real. Every time it's just like, oh, I just want to make sure. Even if you know it's like everything is good. Yeah. I just want to make sure that everybody walks in and it's just like just, you know, and if you don't, it's like, please, can I what can we do? Let's let's right. make this right. If you know, but like thankfully it's like, you know, we get such a positive uh get, response from people, you know, in terms of, of what we do and, and I just I can't emphasize how much it means to me to know that, you know, being surrounded by everybody and everyone cares so much about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in a way, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like your part in an orchestra. You know, you're you're focusing on minutia of your part that like, is the audience member in the balcony going to hear the difference between, you know, if you use this timbre or that timbre on the note? Maybe not. But like you said, when you t- when you pay that much attention to the details, the overall thing just resonates that much more. And so that's that's a really cool parallel between what you're doing as and now your nickname is the finisher um, <laughs> with with preparing, yes. you know, an ensemble part. Absolutely. And, and it was interesting. You bring that up. I was thinking of just that when I was trying to talk about it, because it is something that I've taken from that mm-hmm. in a sense that that detail and that the idea that it's being cultivated out of me through what we do at the shop and what I do and I try to do at the shop. Yeah. I try to take that and say, okay, like you said, it's like the minutia and what we do in the practice room in whatever, you know, we're doing on, you know, in a rehearsal on stage here, there with other people by yourself. Um, people are going to hear it and they may not hear it the way you hear it or are focused on the things you're focused on, but there'll be a great appreciation for the thought behind what you're doing. You know, it's like, because you've done something that is putting your soul into it. Right. 
it it means that much more. And it's almost like, you know, in, in a musical sense, like it gives you so much more when you feel like you've done enough. And how many times I feel like musicians can attest to this. <laughs> how many times have you done something where it's just like, ah, I could have done a little bit more. And then it's just like, ah, I should have. But then there are moments where it's like, I did everything I worked and I feel like it was like the process was good and it does work out. Yeah. Of course there are ebbs and flows. It's not always perfect, but it's the idea that we're always trying to learn. And I'm thankful to have this, to try and learn from that and the process that I do um, and I'm involved with there Yeah, and, and take it. Yeah. And be able to translate it back into, yeah, it sounds like there's such great exchange, you know, between the two experiences of being working in the shop as a brass tech and then in your freelance career, which is so cool. It's so nice to see that, like, not to use like a corporate buzzword, but the synergy uh, between the two, between the two things. That's very cool. Um, Cool. And so just as a, as another question, do you have any advice um, for you know, students who may be coming up towards the end of their time in school, um, who might be looking for where they could go and, and find a similar situation. Do you have any advice for folks who are searching for, for something? Always be personable. Um, be willing to be around people and express how you're feeling. Say whether you want to do something, if you don't want to do something, um, move on those things. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I always say, and I tell people it's, you know, be flexible, be malleable, be able to bend, don't break. And it's one of those things that it'll come in time. Be patient as well. So I feel like with young students, it's like you, you, and I I hearken back to the times when I was in high school and I was thinking about these things mm-hmm. and I was like, my mind was racing. What should I do? I want to do this. I want to do this. Ask questions, ask people that are involved in every aspect of what you may want to do mm-hmm. and say, this is how I'm thinking. This is what I'm doing. Am I able to do what I want to do? Is it you know, a good idea to do what I want to do? Because it, it cultivates this kind of amazing conversation amazing relationship that might be lasting beyond what you ever thought it could be. Yeah. And then even more, it could blossom into something that was even bigger than you thought possible before. Um, and I feel like this goes and it's, it's, these are things that I think about growing even to this point, Mm -hmm. being flexible, the idea that don't be so rigid to where I, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to play trumpet this way. I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to, you know, you can do many things, especially right now. Mm -hmm. If you want to create something, if you have an idea, do it. If you don't know how to do it, find someone that can help you do it. That might be able to say, I'm having issues with this little thing, but I have these ideas. Cool. I can help you with this. Um, And I feel like these, these dialogues, these conversations are so important um, because if you keep these things repressed, I feel like then you may regret it going down the line because as you get older, time flies quicker. And then you're looking back and saying, wow, how did that already happen? It's already been this long. I thought right. I wanted to do this. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a lot of how you were able to get involved and, and go down this path of being involved with brass repair 
was part of it was just showing up and asking questions and being interested and volunteering to help move some boxes. Yeah. And it wasn't for me. It's like, I didn't want it to come across as saying like, I'm just going to be this guy. That's a lurker. That's right. just going to just hang around <laughs> and like, Oh, I guess, I guess we have to keep him around. Right. No, I mean, I, I wanted to be there. Yeah. I enjoyed the people I was around and I just, you know, if it didn't happen that way, I wouldn't have thought any differently and I would still be going there and doing certain things to just, you know, this, you know, who knows where the path would have gone otherwise. Right, right. But the point is giving yourself, just be, be around, talk to the people because in more cases than not, I feel like we have more people that we can reach out to and we can talk to, but more times than not, we're too afraid to do it. We're too afraid to to say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. I kind of want to do this. I kind of want to mix what I'm doing with this. What do you think? We we don't always want to do that. And I, I implore people to just say, it's okay. Try it. Yeah. Just go for it. Yeah. I mean, I can speak to that with experience. I procrastinated a little bit longer than I probably should have to start this podcast because I'm like, oh, I don't know if anyone's going to want to talk to me, <laughs> that sort of thing. But yeah, you can you get that in your head, but it's it's really not true at all. I mean, yeah, and that's great. And it, and it's like, again, it, I feel like it goes for anybody. And I speak from my own experiences where you find these things, and it could change day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year, yeah. and it doesn't have to be biggest grandest thing that you're thinking about doing or just the littlest thing it could be anything it could yeah. just go, you know it's just think about it believe in yourself and and don't doubt yourself and don't give yourself the opportunity to just not do it because you're too afraid of what you know oh, i don't want to uh, maybe i should just i should just do what i'm sp- just just talk about it yeah if you want to it's like i've been it's like all right i've been a classical trumpet player, but I want to start playing this kind of music. And I have these ideas. It, I, I don't want to tell anybody, why not? Right. Why not? That's awesome. Yeah. Like do something new, do something cool. And uh, don't ever be afraid. And and I think young musicians, young students uh, need to hear that. I think more than anybody, because of course that is a crossroads. And I, I see that because having been there, having taught there, I've met a lot of students that I could see that in them where it's, they're trying to figure it out too. Yeah. Yeah. Not being afraid to go out of the box of what you think you're supposed to be doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. That's really great advice. Well, it has been such a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks so much for sharing your story and, and sharing your experiences. I think this is some really great stuff here. Um, yeah. And, and I'm so, it's such a joy to talk to you and cause you have such a great, perspective and outlook on this whole it's so easy to get down in the dumps about what's gone on over the last year but it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today oh no thank you so much Aaron, for having me i am so happy to be here um it's it's good to again it's like perspective it's really good to have perspective because you know it it gets hard and i i I will say it i it gets really hard you know feeling like you're doing things and and you, you were doing things, you're trying to keep doing things. And then all of a sudden, you know, the world changes, right? But we are all here together. And it's like that moment where you talk to musicians, you talk to other people and you kind of have this known thing where I get what you're going through. You get what yeah. I'm going through and we're going to get through this together. Yeah. We're not alone. We're not alone. Exactly. Yeah. 
Well, I think that's a great place to end. A wonderful message. We're not alone.